Welcome to the JMP Cast. I'm your host, Josiah Michael Pyatt. This podcast is centered around the question what does it look like to live in our identity in Christ and to actively participate in the Father's kingdom that's in our midst? On today's episode, we are going to be looking at the intentionality of our Father when it comes to humanity, including you and me. In the last episode, we saw that Paul was showing us how expansive Jesus Christ is. We learned that Jesus is the creator of all things. He is God incarnate. He has created all things. All things have been made by him, through him, and for him. He is the one that's before all things, and he is the one who sustains all things. There's a brokenness, there's an evil that is in this world, but Jesus has come and he has died and his blood has been spilt, which has brought reconciliation for all things in the heavens and in the earth, the things that we can see and the unseen. So Paul has allowed us to see the expansiveness of Jesus Christ. And now as we go into today's passage, he is going to go into the intimate details of how Christ cares for you and for me. If you've been following along in these series, then you'll know that Paul continues to just encourage the church in Colossae to fix their eyes on Jesus. He is obsessed with Jesus. He knows all the issues that this church faces within their own individuals, within each other and within the city that they find themselves in. And yet, despite all the challenges, despite all the failures, despite all the mistakes, despite all the pain, despite all the hurt, he looks at this church and he says, Jesus. And he points them to Jesus. And he goes through all the different dimensions and levels of Christ and who he is and what that means for you and for me. So today, as we hear this letter, would we, would we receive and would we see What Christ has done for you and for me, would it not be dry, but would it be fresh anew? Let's pray. Father, I ask that right now you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. Oh God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear, a heart that is willing and receptive of the words that you would have to speak over us. God, would our minds be renewed through your Holy Spirit, through your word, through the truth. Thank you for these words that you inspired Paul to write to this church. Thank you that these words have meaning and power to not only this church, but to everyone who's listening to this today. Oh God, would we hear what you have to say to us? Speak, Father, we are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, today we are going to go into Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 to 23. And as always, this is the English Standard Version. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all of creation, under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister of. Have you ever watched a really good movie? 
I mean a movie where you just you hit play and it's like from start to finish you just are fully engaged with everything that's going on. You know, as you get engaged with the movie, it's almost as if you become the characters that you're watching. Maybe you identify with the main character or maybe they have some funny or silly or really confident or secure sidekick that's helping them through the challenges that they're facing. I, I, I don't know what movie you're thinking of when I'm talking about this, but I'm sure that the character that you identified was not the evil person. It was not the bad guy or the bad girl. Why I ask this kind of silly question is because in the last episode, we were able to see that Paul was talking about this greater narrative that was going on in the world, in the heavens and in the earth. Paul is telling this story. And as he tells this story, he now in this passage brings you and I in this church into the narrative. He brings us into the context. And unlike how you and I maybe want to see ourselves, Paul says that you and I, we are starting our starting place. Our entrance into the stage is that we are the ones who are alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. This is probably not where you or I would identify ourselves within this story. And yet this is exactly the place that Paul puts you and me. But I mean, if we really begin to think about it, if we're really honest with ourselves, we know this is kind of true. Let me ask another question. Do you want to be a good person? If you're in an intimate relationship, do you want to be a good spouse? Do you want to be a good dad? Do you want to be a good mom? Now in that same line of questions, are you a good dad? Are you a good mom? Are you a good person. I'm sure that you are. I'm sure that you would identify yourself as a good person. But if you're honest, have there been moments in your life where you're maybe not the greatest person? Have there been moments in your life where you've done something that you knew was wrong and you knew there would be consequences for those decisions and yet you did it anyways? I find that when we talk about this with other people, the, the often response that can come is, well, yeah, I'm human. And I think that's a very true statement. And I think what that statement actually reveals is the very thing that Paul is saying in this. And that is that we are a broken people. We are not just broken in the sense that we feel disconnected, alienated from ourselves. Why do we look for things that we know aren't going to fill us? Why do we look for pleasure in places that we know will not be enough? Whether it's in our job, in our family, in our security, in our accomplishments, we can look around and find people who have gotten the very thing that they've chased after and they will say it has not been enough. And yet we can still pursue those things. There's an alienation that we feel as humans. There is something that's disconnected in us that we desire so much to fill. Secondly, we're hostile in mind. You know, we want to do good, but we sometimes do bad, right? We, we have these conflicting thoughts. We have lies about ourselves come in. We have anger and lust and pride and selfishness. And then these things, the third thing he says is that we have evil deeds. There's things that we do that we don't want to do. There's horrible things that you and I have done, I'm sure. And yet this next part that Paul says, he says that he, that being Jesus, Jesus 
has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death. So again, if you remember in this last episode that we were looking at all things in heaven and in earth, we learned about this brokenness, this need for reconciliation. In this moment, Paul is telling us that where you and I find ourselves is in the place where we need reconciliation. Just like our cities and our towns and our countries and this world from a sociological perspective, a geographical perspective, all those different things that maybe that's the wrong term, but you know what I'm trying to say. It needs restoring. It needs peace. It needs the peace of Christ to come. It needs reconciliation. Paul is now saying for you and for me and for this church that you and I are broken and that we too need this reconciliation. And just like with the the world at large, we also have the opportunity because of what Jesus has done to receive this reconciliation with the Father and peace. He is saying that Jesus died for you and for me. There's a lot of implications that can come out of that statement. One of them being is that you and I are broken, like I said, and that you and I need reconciliation. But there's also another thing that we can see within this statement, and I hope you don't miss it. And that is that when Jesus saw this church in Colossae, when Jesus saw you and me, he saw us and he placed a value and a worth on us. That is, he said that you and I are worth dying for. Would we know our value today? Would it not be in what we've done or what we haven't done? Would it not be of what people have said over us or what we've spoken over ourselves? for good and for bad. No, would our value be found in the fact that Jesus saw us and and died for us? He put the value of his own life for us to have a relationship with him and the Father and the Spirit. You're worth it. Now, Paul has already touched on this subject before in this letter, but he's about to go into even greater detail. In some ways, you could look at this as what it is that we are to know of this gospel. Remember how the original content, the original panoramic view of this passage or of this letter, sorry, is that we are to know God, to grow in him and to show him. And now in this passage, we're about to see a greater detail of what it is that we get to know because of this reconciliation, because of the price that Jesus has paid for us. Let's read this. He is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death. So why did Jesus die for us? In order to present you and I holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard which has been proclaimed in all creation, under heaven and of which I, Paul, became a minister of. Holy, blameless, above reproach. This is what Jesus has paid for us to be. When we put our trust in him, we are made holy, blameless, and above reproach. There is no room for guilt and for shame. There is no room for not feeling secure. For we have been made holy, blameless, and above reproach. 
Imagine each day when you woke up this week. Imagine you woke up and before you brushed your teeth or got breakfast or got your kids ready for school or looked at your phone, instead of looking at these things or doing these things that you're going to have to do, what if you just first and foremost let your attention and your affection be before Jesus Christ alone in the all things that he is, but in this truth that he's given to you and for me, that we are holy, blameless, and above reproach. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. So what I do for these messages, I, I, I read the scripture, I write it out, I write out, I pray, all these different things. And so I end up speaking the messages that I'm speaking to you right now. I already have it written out from maybe a couple days ago or whatever else. And so I want to just be honest with you and say that when I wrote this out a couple days ago, it really hit me so hard because I realized that You know, these things sound good, but unless we actually put them into practice, unless I actually put it into practice, I'm just saying words. And so what I decided to do a couple of days ago, and I've still been doing it today, is I woke up and I did this thing that I'm writing that I said to you right now. I actually woke up and before I looked at my phone for me, I don't have kids. I have a wife though. And so before I engaged with any of that stuff, I, I just rested my head and I just declared over myself that I have been made holy, blameless and above reproach because of what Jesus has done. And you know what happened? There was a thankfulness that rose up in me that actually gave me a peace to walk through my day. You know, this isn't just words. This is a reality that you and I get to live in as followers of Jesus. And let me be very clear. I am just as much on this journey as you guys and girls are. I might be the one speaking through this mic, but man, I am someone who is learning and growing and in need of this grace and of this truth as well. So when you feel encouraged or when you feel challenged in these messages, just know I am too. So this is what Paul is reminding this church and you and me. This is what we get to know. We get to know that we are holy, blameless, and above reproach. When you look at the theme of this letter, we talked about it being knowing and showing. And so now Paul is about to say what happens when we actually live in this way. What happens when you and I wake up every day and we set our attention and our affection on this truth that Jesus is Lord, that he is king, and this is who he declares us to be. This is what happens. This is what is shown. Let's read this together. If indeed you continue in the faith, Stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard. So, as you and I know the truth, as we put our faith and our hope in what Jesus Christ has done for us, as we receive this reality that we have been made holy, that is set apart, we have made blameless and above reproach, as we know this truth, it shows in the way that we are stable and steadfast. Don't you want to be a person who is stable and steadfast where no matter what happens in life, whether it be really good things or tragedy and hardships, that we just are a people who are secure, that are stable and steadfast. How do we become that way? How do we be people who are stable and steadfast in an unstable world, in a world that's full of chaos and craziness? How can we as followers of Jesus be the ones who are stable and steadfast? It's through knowing who we are in Jesus, holy, blameless, and above reproach. 
Would we not just know this truth that this is who we are in Christ, but would we show this in response to whatever it is that life throws at us? Would we be stable and steadfast as we put our trust in what Jesus says? There's one last thing that Paul says, and this is where we're going to conclude today. I'll read it to you. So this is what he says. Not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven and of which I, Paul, became a minister of. So Paul is once again reminding this church of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of the good news of what he has done and about who he is. What I want us to focus on, though, is this last line. He says, I, Paul, became a minister. And he's talking about the gospel. So what happens for you and for me as we know this truth and as we show this truth in the way that we live our lives? I believe there's a point in time where as we know this gospel, as we know who we are in Jesus, as we worship him and as we live this out, there becomes a point in our walk where Jesus is going to speak to us and give us a specific way of being. You see, Paul was called to be a minister of the gospel. We know from the introduction of this letter that he introduces himself as an apostle of Christ by the will of God. Do you know that God has a specific role for you to play in the neighborhood and in the city and in the country and in this world that we live in? Now let's be clear, this is less about a specific job and more about a specific way of being. You see, whether Paul was making tents or preaching to the churches or speaking in the synagogues or is in prison like he is right now writing this letter to the Colossae, He is a minister of the word of God. He has been commissioned and anointed and and given the provision to speak this truth over the early church. For some of us, we have been given that same mission, that same commission. But for others of us, it's going to look different. For some of us, we are called to be baristas. We are called to be teachers. We are called to be parents. We are called to be lawyers. We are called to be bankers. We are called to be all sorts of things. Regardless of what we are called to be, we are to be those who are anchored and secured, holy, blameless, and above reproach, showing in the way that we are stable and steadfast, for sure. But I do have this feeling that there are some of us who don't know why we're here. Can I just encourage you, as you Go deeper into your knowing of Christ as you go deeper into this showing and how you live. I believe the Father will reveal to you the ways in which you are called to live. We are not all called to do the same things. There is not a hierarchy of calling. Our value and our worth is found in the same thing. And that is that Jesus has died for us. He is the one who has reconciled us. He is the one who has brought us peace. With that being said, There is still an element in which you and I are called to do different things. And I just have a funny feeling today that there may be some of you listening to this today that don't know why you're here, that don't know what you're doing. Can I encourage you today to reflect on who you are, to continue to take actions, to continue to take steps, the steps that Jesus has called us to take. And as we take those steps and as we learn who we are, I believe God is going to show up today and he's going to show us things that we maybe didn't know before. 
Would we walk afresh in the knowledge of who we are in Christ? And would it be showing in the way that we have trusted in him, in the way that we are stable and steadfast through these chaotic times that we're living in? Would we be secure in the word that Jesus has spoken over us, both in the specifics and in the generalities? Would he lead our steps today? Let me just pray for you as we close up. Father, I just ask that this truth would be so embedded in our hearts and in our minds and in our souls that the way that we define ourselves would be holy and blameless and above reproach because of what you have done for us, Jesus. Would that show in the way that we are steady and steadfast in our families, with our friends, with the neighbors that surround us, with the coworkers that we get the privilege of knowing. And Father, I just ask specifically, if there's someone listening to this today who doesn't know why they're here, who doesn't have that direction, God, I ask through the Holy Spirit that you would reveal that to them. Oh God, would they be so secure in who they are as sons and daughters that that when you do show this, they will know that their identity is not going to be found in what you're calling them to do, but it is secured and locked in on who they are in you, holy, blameless, and above reproach. But oh Father, there is a task that you've given us and would we know that task and would we be faithful in that today for those who know why we're here lord i just ask that you would just fill them afresh with your presence fill them afresh with your peace fill them afresh with the good news of the gospel that they are loved by you thank you for your love that is as expansive as the stars and as specific as everyone's heart god you are good and you are faithful and we give it to you today in jesus name amen well thank you for listening to today's episode I hope something in this has encouraged you. If you're wanting to stay up to date on these weekly episodes, the best way to do this is to subscribe to this channel. If you're looking for more resources or just wanting to stay connected, you can follow us by searching at the JMPcast on Instagram. We're also on Facebook, so if you don't have an Instagram page, you can follow us at the JMPcast. I hope you will consider joining me on this journey through this letter. As we continue to ask this question, what does it mean to live in our identity in Christ and to actively participate in the Father's kingdom that's in our midst? Have an awesome day.